Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, pff, absolutely. Like, <laughs> if Selma Hayek can give me salmonella, I'd still be okay. Like, it'd be fine. <laughs> I really want me to do whatever. <laughs> Gather together from the cosmic reaches of the universe. You mean our guest tonight is... Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace. It's the world's greatest superpower show. Hi, welcome to Mind in the Multiverse. My name is Gabriel. And I'm Jeremy. And we are here to talk about comics, culture, and the soft rock juggernaut, Lobo. The singer-songwriter who, in the early 1970s, scored several top ten yacht rock hits, including How Deep Is Your Love, The Albatross, and the classic Me and You and a Dog Named Boo. Jeremy, mm-hmm. what's your favorite Lobo song? You know, I think I may have brought the wrong notes. Um, <laughs> I was not under the impression we were going to be doing the wonderful soft rock juggernaut Lobo. Uh, I think my notes are useless today. Oh, bummer. Well, let me tell you, you're in for a treat. Cause, uh, <laughs> I, need to, I need to definitely get down with this me <laughs> and you and a dog named Boo. Uh, yeah, but uh, just out of curiosity, what are your notes for? My notes are for the um, 1990s revival of the character Lobo from DC Comics. The, oh, uh, that is very different. Yes, yes very different. <laughs> I'm going to guess that this, the soft rock Lobo is a much nicer fellow. Yeah, probably. Comparatively. Probably. I didn't go too deep on his wiki, so I hopefully he didn't like go Charles Manson and kill a bunch of people after starting a folk music band. As long as he's not gutting people who slightly annoy him, <laughs> I think he's going to be a better dude than our other fa- pal, uh, Lobo. Uh, all right, well, then I will put my notes aside, and I say that we go <laughs> with yours today, because <laughs> yours sounds actually uh, more exciting. So a bit. Uh, this week, instead, we're going to cover Lobo, the last Zarnian Portrait of a Psychopath from 1990, which sounds very different than <laughs> me and you and a dog named Boo. But I'm not sure. Let's 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 find out. We'll we'll compare notes at the end and, and see how close they are. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a he's he's a bit different than the singer songwriter. It's uh it's definitely I'm this is a mixed bag one for me. Okay, you know generally. This is the kind of content in a book that I really like. It's it's zany, it's wacky, it's out there. There's a lot of humor, mm-hmm. you know, ultra violence. You know, a, a main character who's kind of like a don't give a fuck kind of person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know a lot of his history before the '90s, and uh, he was introduced in Omega Men number three in June of '83. So quite quite some time ago, and he was way different. Was that like a team book or something, or was like yeah, was he part I, of a team? Know, or? I don't know. No, no, he was he was the villain. He was okay. he was definitely when he was introduced the villain, a villain. Got it. And he was a little wacky based off of what I looked up, but nothing like his his revival in 1990. This is by uh, Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, with the majority of the art being done by uh, Simon Bisley or Bisley. I'm not sure how to say his. Oh last yeah, name. yeah. I, I always see it written. You know, or, or or painted on covers, but yeah, yes. I, I I in my head it's always just 
that guy. Yeah. But, yeah right. Bisley, <laughs> it might even be Bisley. I don't know. Yeah. yeah could be Jeffrey for all we know. <laughs> it's pronounced Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's some guest artists. There's, you know, sections of the book, one shot, splash pages, you know, guest artists okay. and whatnot. Uh, Christian Alamy, Dennis Cowan, and Kevin O'Neill also do some art in this book. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy because this character, like, as of... These four issues that we're going to cover, he's not a good guy in any way, shape, or form. Okay. And I know that later in his you know career, whatever, he pretty much stays an anti-hero, I guess. He, makes, he fights good guys. He fights bad guys. Sometimes he does good things. Sometimes he does bad things. Right. And so I guess he's kind of seen as a, a Deadpool of sorts. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. They, they do share a cheekier fourth wall breaking yeah. mentality where yeah they're both reflections on on a movement yeah rather than being part of the movement itself it's the gritty anti-hero you know yeah. and it, it's a lot of parody stuff yeah who's mostly doing things for laughs yeah, right. exactly but like again it's it's you know deadpool as much of a killer mercenary kind of guy that he is he's generally considered a good person wade wilson is generally a good guy he just does bad things sometimes right right lobo at least in these four issues literally is just a psychopath like <laughs> he he has his own kind of code but he really is just a bad guy you know he, okay. he kills people that don't deserve to die by the literal billions <laughs> yeah that's on a different dead pool scale right <laughs> uh, we'll get into that but yeah no okay. he's responsible for literally billions upon you know hundreds of billions of deaths wow so <laughs> yeah that's in the supervillain category he, it, exactly it's supervillain territory he he shouldn't be praised in my opinion at least from these first four issues that I'm a, we're about to cover got it if they change him later if they retcon that part of his past and turn him into something else I don't know right right you know, maybe we can come back to him down the road and see what he's like in his new version because I know there's a totally new version a totally new look yeah so maybe it's different he's in a a few of the animated things too right, uh, right. so yeah he's definitely evolved as a character in the last 30 years but yeah he seems to be he still seems to be like the tough guy he's he's like deadpool and bender yeah where it's just like an, an apathy right that is bordering on psychopathic but also like the desire to do it <laughs> he definitely so, likes to do it yes yeah it's it's definitely a favorite pastime of his his origin story there's a lot of inspiration you know he takes inspiration from a lot of different places like his origin story is is very much like the grinch but if he was like <laughs> way more stabby way more just murdery is this the first Dr. Seuss book that was canceled? Was was Lobo the story? Yeah, of? this was his first Grinch, you know, version that was not accepted. Wow. And, and and the reason why I say that is because, you know, we can go over it a little bit more in the first uh -huh. issue, but essentially he is born onto a, a paradise planet. Yeah. Everybody is happy. There's there's no it's a utopia. There's nobody's hungry. Nobody's homeless. Uh, everybody lives forever unless they choose to die. Like it's, it's this place where if you dream something, you get it right. This is real Star Trek next generation kind of. Oh vibe yeah. Going. Oh here. yeah. Okay. Big time, big time. Everybody, you know, like they have the Zarnians have 
you know, they can clone themselves. They can regrow anything. They're essentially immortal. Like I just mentioned, they, they have to choose to die rather than live for eternity. Right. Cool. And then, and then Lobo's born (laughs) and Lobo is like the Grinch. Yeah. Lobo (laughs) is like the Grinch. He's totally different. He doesn't look like them. I mean, he does. He's, he's got the white skin and the, the, the pale hair and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But, and he has all their basic abilities of regrowth and cloning and all this kind of stuff. But he's got this thirst for killing and mayhem and anarchy, and they don't even have words for what he does. Okay, so he's not coming from like a Klingon society where he's just like the nope. baddest of the badasses. He's like completely out of left field. Yep, he, and that's that was my first thought was, oh, he's the Grinch, but <laughs> right. on a cosmic scale. <laughs> That's a yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe that's what they were going for. You know, maybe that was the idea that you know he's he's the lone outsider inside of an entire society of like-minded individuals. The Who's lived in their own perfect society where Christmas was the focus one hundred percent, and everybody was on board with that. Right on planet Zarnia. Everybody, it was a utopia. Everybody was happy. No, nobody killed anybody. There was no crazy people. There was no poor people. And then Lobo's born. Murder hadn't happened in millennia, literally <laughs> thousands of years. So, is this like a, a reflection on like Superman? You know, like so, su- Superman is this is this pure light born into a you know a violent world that's you know troubled, and he has to save it all the time. And I then- never got Superman vibes okay. in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the opposite. So like, so absolutely, you, you would have this beautiful world that this this very different kind of shining light is born into, and then it just <laughs> wrecks shop. Yeah, I guess if you want to look at the parallel in a reverse nature, you can you can say that. Yeah, but you know we get into that more a little bit in the first. I mean that's basically it. This this isn't a super dense story, and kind of like when we covered or when I covered Wildcats, I kind of. I think I did it wrong by skipping over it too much. So I'm going to try and go over this as much as I can. Okay. But it's really not all that dense. There's <laughs> there's really not much to it. So yeah, same era. It's the same era. Yeah, absolutely yeah. same era. It's going for the same, you know, humor, over the top, yeah, that kind of thing, action, you know. And he was he was definitely part of that, you know, gritty anti-hero wave of like Wolverine, you know, how they right. turn Wolverine into the anti-hero. He's a bad boy that does right. good and all this kind of stuff. Right. But with Lobo, there's there's no good. So <laughs> and and I don't and and like I I think I told you either it was what last night when we were talking or uh-huh. this isn't something that I would collect. Which is new for me. I usually like something and it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'll get a, a trade or a you know a, a couple of single issues or something just to have them, but nah. The art is great, and we'll talk about that too. But eh, Lobo didn't really do it for me personally, and we'll we'll go over this. We'll start with the first issue here. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I do I do love the art. Like some of those covers are fantastic, just bananas. Like those would be really yep. cool pieces. But I, I yeah I I didn't really know much about the story behind those covers. 
Well, and, and you know, different strokes for different folks. There's sure. obviously he's popular. Obviously, sure. he has a huge fan base. He yeah. he's made guest appearances across the DCU. Yeah, he's a hell. He even fought. I was reading earlier. He fought Wolverine. He ended up losing to Wolverine in their little crossover event uh-huh. because it was a, a fan voting kind of situations, and so the fans voted yeah. for Wolverine to win. Nobody ever beats Wolverine. Right. It's, right. It's. It's kind of his thing, right? But I mean, in front of a, a fan perspective, like Wolverine has been the most popular character for for so long, like a generation. I know it's <laughs> he's been, never going to lose. He's never going to lose right. a popularity contest. And, and it's, I mean, it's with it's with merit, right? Wolverine's awesome. It's just a yeah. really fun, exciting character. Uh, and so Lobo is trying to catch some of that lightning, capture some of that lightning, you know, and and kind of has the same style. His hair, hell, his hair is even similar. You know, it's. It's right. jet black or kind of a pale blue, I guess, based off of the colors that they use. And it stands straight up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's yeah. he's got – he pulls inspiration from all over the place. Yeah, he looks like, Absolutely. like if the crow was trying to put on a Wolverine costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's got the all-white <laughs> face. He's got – I haven't, you know what? I haven't even found out if that's makeup or not. Uh, I don't think so because um, – and we'll, we'll get into this later in the show. His daughter uh, looks exactly okay. like him. So I, okay. I don't I don't think it's makeup. I think it's a, must be a Zarnian trait yeah. to have some kind of like Darth Maul. They they have or maybe it's tattoos. I think those are tattoos, aren't they? Oh, they are tattoos. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Yeah, Darth Maul. Those are tattoos. I can't remember if his skin was black with red tattoos or vice versa. Anyways, so the nature of his facial markings, I don't know exactly. Okay. They don't say anything in these books anyway. So when they show him as a baby, like, or, or do they show him as like a little kid or anything? Yeah. They're, and uh, you ask a good question because throughout each issue, there are like uh, little page breaks or story breaks where it's like a full page of really dense character development. Mm-hmm. And in the first one, there is, it's a chapter one, a serpent in Eden. And it's this, it looks like kind of like a newspaper clipping and it shows him with an umbilical cord still stuck to him as he gnawed off the fingers of his midwife. <laughs> and there's blood all over the room. And then down in the corner, there's a picture of him like toddler years. He's strapped with bullets, knives, guns, and he's riding his little tricycle. Uh, and he already has the facial markings. So yeah. based off of that, I'm going to go with born with it. Okay. You know? It's not, it's not fucking Maybelline. <laughs> he's born with it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think we just solved the mystery. Maybe we're wrong. I don't care. All right. <laughs> yeah. So the, the first book is called portrait of a psychopath chapter one issue one. And he just found out Lobo is sitting in a scrap heap. It looks like skulls and machinery, some kind of planet. And it's a great, you know, work of art. It's a great splash page. It's the, it's a full page of just Lobo sitting down and he's talking to himself about how he can't believe that somebody would do what they have done. And that is right. An unofficial biography of Lobo, <laughs> the scourge of the cosmos. And that's what he says, you know, Hey, how can somebody be so bold as to write this crap about me, the assassin to royalty, the scourge of the cosmos. And behind him are a pack floating in the air of space dolphins. Okay. So he <laughs> took these space dolphins under his wing. It's it's only mentioned, but apparently it's the only creatures in the whole universe that he's met that he actually cares about because they're so pure. 
they're, they're the un, you know, these are just the purest forms of life he's ever in, encountered, and so he has taken them under his wing because who else could protect them the way he could, right? Sure. They're literally just dolphins. There's nothing special or spacey about them. They're just flying in the air, in this in you know behind him. <laughs> Do they have any like wiggly Kirby lines around them or anything? Or nope, are they just, just dolphins? Just dolphins. Just, just dolphins floating so in the air. The the artist of this book was like. I, I can do a good dolphin. Can, can yeah. I put dolphins in it? <laughs> yep, just dolphins. Gray-bodied, you know, typical dolphins. He just, like, cut to the writer. He's at SeaWorld with his kids. He's like, I don't know. Why not dolphins? <laughs> They're kind of cool. Could have been anything. Could have been space giraffes, but let's go with dolphins. Well, DC already has uh, Starro. They have their evil starfish. So they, there is precedent oh, for... that's true. Uh, sea life going bad in space yeah <laughs> space fern oceanic life forms <laughs> so lobo you know he he sees this book and he said he decides he's gonna kill the author because nobody gets away with talking shit basically fair but but he gets a call and i don't it doesn't really show where he's at it looks like it's just a scrappy but he's okay. he hears uh, a, a ringing from a door. So I guess this is his his house. His maybe he it's his own planet or a moon or something like that. Because it also just looks like he's in space. So maybe it is just like a moon. Okay, it's just like where he keeps all of his favorite skulls. He probably yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's just the random scrap he he decided to you know take up shop in. But and that would make sense since his space dolphins can float around at will. So it's a perfect environment for them. So it's probably like a moon or something. Uh, but he gets a call, and it's from a guy named Vril Dox. Ooh. And he is basically this uh, leader of a group called Legion, okay. which stands for Licensed Extra-Governmental Interstellar Operatives Network. <laughs> All right. That, hey, that works. That, that, that works. I like it. Hey. It works. Yeah. It gets the job done, right? And so do they. It's a it's a group of interstellar superheroes. Oh, okay. It, it, yeah, they, you know, they are protectors of sorts, kind of like a, like a, you know, a, a Justice League, I guess. Okay. And Docs is the guy who is in charge. He's the boss man. All right. And uh, Lobo works for him. Oh, okay. And it's it's strange He's a mercenary type. Oh, okay. But he's also, like, throughout this, he was he was referred to as Officer Lobo. So, like, he's literally employed by Legion to get things done because he will do whatever, you know, the contract pays for. Got it. Okay, so it's not, like, really a group of superheroes. It's really just a group of, like, super-powered individuals who work for money. It seems that way, yes. <laughs> okay, all right. And... And so Lobo is on the payroll from time to time, and Docs is like, you know, he does not like Lobo. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, anyways, Docs needs Lobo to do a job. And uh, one thing to know about Lobo is that he keeps his word 100%. Okay. If he takes a contract, then he will finish that contract, right? But... If somebody comes along, for example, and counters the contract with a higher price, he'll fulfill that instead. So he really will only be loyal to who's paying the highest price. All right, there's some honor in that. There's, least. there's a, yeah, <laughs> it's a professionalism there. <laughs> but he will also not break a promise. Okay. So I can see how those two. 
ideals might come into conflict in certain stories where if he makes a promise to somebody but it goes against a contract there might be a conflict there right but i guess the most important point is is that lobo says what he's going to do he will do it okay and and i guess the you know the writers might be trying to build him up as as this loyal or seemingly loyal or can be loyal kind of character but again based off of his backstory which we'll go over soon it doesn't really work because he's awful. <laughs> it just, but, it's like, so what? He won't break a promise, right, but right. Like, everything else he does is... But all of his promises are awful, so we right. don't want him to fulfill them. We don't want... Right. <laughs> exactly. But I can see it being written in as just like a writing challenge for the writers. Like, okay, here's our, here's the rules of this character. Because if it's just all bad all the time and he lies about everything, then you know, you're always assuming the double cross. So if you establish these rules, okay, he can't break a promise and he always fulfills his contract. Right. All right. So those are two things you can work with because then you can build, you know, some tension, you can build some conflicts, you can yeah, work it's, off Yeah, it's automatic built-in drama for sure. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if it's just like he'll lie to you and he's lazy and he won't finish the job, it's like, well, why are we watching? Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he's going he's gonna to take the job and then fuck off and watch TV. Like, I do exactly. that. I can just stay right. home and do that. <laughs> Well, Docs says, I need a prisoner escort. And Lobo's like, fuck, that, you want me to do a prisoner escort? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't want to waste my time. Okay. But he's like, no, you you got to do it, right? I can't wait. You need to be the one to do it. And he says, have you forgotten? Doc says, have you forgotten our physical debate? And he says, I believe I beat you fair and square. Mm-hmm. And so you need to... You need to do what I'm asking you to do. Uh. And so he kind of puts his head down. He's like, okay, sure, fine. And I don't think, I don't recall seeing what that physical debate was. I didn't see the fight. Okay. They didn't. They don't mention it again. But what we know of this character, it, we kind of almost don't even need to see it. It's like, right. all right, if this character goes, oh, all right, sorry, don't beat my ass again. You're like, oh, shit, all right, well, that other guy must be enormous <laughs> which is crazy because yeah it lobo is is written in such a way that he his power kind of varies based off what he's what he needs it to be for okay and so if this docs guy beat him in a physical debate quote unquote right like to me that means a fight right and so like jeez who's this real docs guy he must be ridiculously powerful since lobo has been shown to go like toe to toe with superman right yeah that that was the first thing i thought i was like okay well yeah. this must be a really tough character especially if they're specific about a physical contest right. you know it wasn't like hey remember that blackmail i have on you or remember i've you know got your eggs here or whatever or however his people reproduce <laughs> <laughs> yeah however like, it works yeah. it would be different but yeah if he was like hey do you want me to kick your ass again no. <laughs> All right, do no. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it just, these little story tidbits don't add up in my head the more I find out about Lobo. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, right. the physical debate in this wacky, zany kind of universe that they live in could have uh-huh. been a fucking thumb wrestling match. And that was what I was thinking, too. Like, it could have just been them kicking each other in the balls. Yeah. Just, like, seeing who dropped first. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's so, it's so, who knows what that physical debate was. Right. So, so anyway, he lost this debate, and so he kind of, I guess, owes Docs, and he just needs to take this contract. He needs to do the job, and he needs to stop whining about it. <laughs> and it. there's rules to this job. He needs him to go get the prisoner, obviously, but yeah. this prisoner must be delivered alive. Ah, uh, okay. 
and 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 I almost call him Deadpool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lobo does not do a live very well. That's not his specialty. His specialty is absolute carnage, right? He, <laughs> yeah. he just he'd rather just oh you need it delivered here I'll just kill it stuff it in my bag mm-hmm. and bring it to you. Right, that kind of guy, right? Like, do you need it whole or in pieces? It's that kind of thing. Exactly. That, yeah. Right. Does it do? <laughs> do all pieces have to arrive, or do you just need you know the head? The yeah. Ear do you want this in steaks or ground? Which one? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that that creates a dilemma for Lobo because you know he he doesn't feel like he's a delivery boy. He also definitely doesn't feel like he needs to be worrying about somebody else's life, and it's just ugh, it's just yeah. a headache. Yeah, it's real alive. God, what a yeah, this sucks. Yeah, but I just got to do that. He calls it a milk run. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do this easy milk run, and uh, and get, just get it done with, right? It turns out though that Doc's you know he has a plan, and uh, he sends Lobo off to pick up this prisoner. We find out that the prisoner is the person who wrote the unofficial Lobo biography uh. in which all that shit was being talked about Lobo's character, right? Right. <laughs> and when, uh, and here's, here's at this point in the book, here's the first little snippet into his past about how he was born and where I get my, my Grinch vibe from, Okay, you know, I'm not going to read the whole page, but it essentially says that when he was born, the, the, the midwife, you know, used words that they don't even have words for. So nobody knew what she was talking about, calling him a <laughs> devil, you know, calling him evil and all this kind of stuff, the devil incarnate. And everybody's looking around like, what is she talking about? These, th- she's talking gibberish. Cause these words mean nothing. Right. He proceeds to, wreck faces, chew off her fingers, and and she becomes the first mental patient on the history, or not the history, but like in 10 millennia or something like that of the planet. So just him being born created the, the Zarnia's first mentally incapacitated patient, you know? Wow. So this, these people have to learn how to have grief and sadness and death and all this kind of stuff, right? Just because of him. Just because he was born different, wow. not like them. Wow, and that All makes right. me think of the Grinch. I I can't help but see the see the the the, the similarities. I am not as familiar with the Grinch story. I I, I didn't grow up with Christmas movies, and I don't know if That's I've true, seen right? it. So, <laughs> the Grinch is. A, so yeah, give us a quick background of the Grinch. If, if someone's like me and and uh, they grew up uh, under a rock, give us a quick background of the Grinch. He is a who okay. born into Whoville. It's just basically a town that is located on the tip of a snowflake, or on on an entirety of a snowflake. Aww, right? that's sweet. And uh, the the whole town, the whole the whole of Whoville, loves Christmas. And when the Grinch is born, he not only looks different because he's, you know, everybody knows what the Grinch looks like. He's yeah. tall and hairy. Looks like Jim Carrey. Looks, it looks like Jim Carrey with or without the green hair. <laughs> and uh, he hates Christmas and he hates other Who's. And so he's completely opposite. Everybody in Whoville lives their whole life for Christmas, year-round. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And everything is a build-up to Christmas Day. And the Grinch was bullied as a child. And, 
you know, he was completely shunned. He's a black sheep of the community because he is so different and he hates them. So he leaves town and lives up on a hill and he just looks down on the town all the time in disgust. Now you take that character okay. and you put him on a planet that's a utopia. So instead of and a Hoos, giant motorcycle, that's a giant motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> and so instead of just not liking the who's mm-hmm. he kills them all. Oh, that's a different single Zarnian. Is that not how the Grinch ends? (laughs) That is not how the Grinch ends. No, the Grinch doesn't end in genocide. No, no. The Grinch, he comes around. Okay. He, he, he understands by the end of the story, the, the love and the family and the Christmas spirit. And he gets, you know, he becomes part of the, uh, of the Whoville and is happily ever after or until the snowflake hits the ground. I was going to say, like, that seems like a quick. (laughs) <laughs> like no wonder they love christmas they have like 10 seconds like yeah and it's winter go for they, it their time is a little different than our time sure sure got it got it uh but yeah no the grinch ends in a very happy way and zarnia unfortunately does not <laughs> i'll go over that here in a second okay so we we find out a little bit about his birth it didn't go well yeah. uh we find him on the planet to pick up this prisoner and it's it's a legion holding prison. So this is a you know a place for the the person who just okay. you know right. set this contract. It's their own jail system on a planet called I'm going to guess Oneida Six. Okay. And he you know he's talking to this guy. He looks like the warden. He's a head in a robot body. Okay. Cool. And uh, he's not impressed with Lobo. This you know you're 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 nothing special. Just shut up and let's go get your prisoner. And you know talking shit getting on lobo's nerves they get into the el- the elevator to go down to where the prisoners being held and when the door is open the warden's suddenly dead don't know why he just okay. he keeled over from a heart attack or something okay he lobo says oh miss i think the chief just had a heart attack or something else of a fatal nature <laughs> so again this is you know there was no reason to kill this guy other than the fact that he annoyed lobo <laughs> Right. Right. Got it. Not a bad guy. He's literally a prison warden. Maybe Uh, maybe he is a bad guy. Wardens are (laughs) traditionally bad people in in comics and movies and stuff. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was like your Shawshank Redemption, you know, warden. Sure. Sure. They're often, you know, made out to be horrible, horrible, nasty people. But we don't know that about this guy. He might be a little crass in the way he's speaking, but doesn't deserve death based off of what I've seen, right? But right. Lobo kills him anyway. So he goes to the to the holding cell to find out just who this special, you know, what's so fantastic about this damn prisoner that has to be alive, you know, pain in the ass. <laughs> and uh, we find out that it is, lo and behold, another Zarnian. Oh. Before we find out who's in the cell... Uh-huh. We find out about a gang called the Sons of Lobo. It's kind of like a Lobo f- fan club. <laughs> it's like Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> right. And they all drive, you know, space cycles and all this kind of stuff. The leader, his name is Sickbag. Oh, nice. Yeah. And they're actually tearing up a, a, sh- a bookstore that's selling the unofficial biography of Lobo. Okay. So they're they're with them. They, they aren't fans yeah. of the, the biography. They're They're... They're supporting the big man himself. Right. The, yeah. You know, they, Lobo is their leader. You know, they're like, how dare you spread this filth about, you know, my main man, 
Lobo, you know, he's the best. You guys suck. So they're just, you know, I mean, they're killing people. There's okay. a dude with a sledgehammer hitting people in the back of the head. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, so they're they're tearing this place apart. And, uh, you know, they're, they're all about making sure people respect the name Lobo. Okay. And Lobo is, is the man. Right. Catch a sledgehammer to the back of the head. You will right. never <laughs> forget the name Lobo. <laughs> you'll forget everything else, but you'll never you, forget exactly. the name Lobo. You'll forget to breathe forever, too, with the way they're hitting. They decide that just tearing up the bookstore is not enough. So they decide to go after the the person who wrote it. And they they saw the news that she was arrested, this person, right? Okay. And uh, so they decide to go after her. They're going to head to the planet that she's located on the, because they know where it's at, you know, okay. Oneida 6 or whatever. Right. And so they blow up the bookstore and say, screw this bookstore crap. We're going to go after this chick. <laughs> Okay. So they they speed off, and that's where we get another one of those breaks in the story with a full page kind of explanation of what's going on. Okay. And again, I won't read the whole thing, but it starts with the question: What's 117 microns long, airborne, of scorpion-like appearance, and burrows into flesh, causing great black blisters and severe blood poisoning over a prolonged period, before <laughs> resulting in agonizing and messy death? I'm gonna put Jeopardy music under this. <laughs> That's a great idea because the Zarnians didn't know either. Okay. And it goes on to explain that Lobo's a genius, but only when it comes to uh, things of the chaotic and destructive nature. <laughs> and so he took it upon himself to create this thing that is 117 microns long, airborne, burrows into flesh, and causes agonizing, messy deaths. And he unleashes it. This is where we find out across the entirety of Zarnia. And he kills every single one. Whoa. Wait, so he like and genetically engineers his own like death plague. causing plague. Death, death scorpion plague. <laughs> what <Yep>. the fuck? <laughs> how, like, how old is he at this point? Is he like a, an adult? He's in his late teens. Oh my goodness. At this point. Wow. Wow, he's like the evil Reed Richards. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, instead of helping, he's hurting. No, yes, right. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so in his mind, he wanted to be unique. It's only mentioned once, you know, how he killed all of Zarnia. He made them an extinct species other than himself, purely for the fact that he wanted to be unique. You know, wow. And that's not redeemable. No, that's like narcissism on a scale unknown. Up to this yeah. point. A, a, a planetary scale. Wow. Literally kills everything. Wow. And he also finds out that... Um, so he he did like one Zarnian. Her name was Daylene Zand. Okay. And, uh, you know, she made him feel a certain funny way in his pants, like climbing the rope in gym class. <laughs> and he found out that as he sat back and watched billions and billions upon billions of his fellow Zarnians die mm -hmm. that watching that happen made him feel the same way as Daylene oh, Zand. No. Oh no. Only several <laughs> billion times better. Oh, that's a bad sign. Right. That's not gonna be good for anybody. So our 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 boy Lobo here really likes to murder. Alright. Right? So that's why I don't get the fan base. Like I, I always knew about Lobo, but I never read any of it. And everybody just, everybody who's a fan just loves this guy. It's like, why? And, and it's not, and that's interesting coming from, 
from you because it's not like you're like you know puritanical and you're your taste like you love evil ernie you love lady death preacher like like we got into some dark stuff but like you like those those characters i mean those are i do yeah Uh, there's something about this guy that just it's it's it comes from i think that all those other characters Mm -hmm. they come from a a messed up place okay they come they come from some kind of trauma and there's usually resolutions or good reasons as to why they turn on people right 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 um, when it comes to preacher, you know, yeah. you you know how he was raised, right? Right? Yeah. There's there's you know. abuse there, and then you know, evil Ernie, you know, he's actually dead. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah, but like those characters, but you can. So I guess what I'm saying is like you can get away with having a dark character that's likable, sure. sure. Um, but yeah, like yeah, for some reason, like this, this like this is the too far. You know, it's like we've we've gone over a lot of characters, but we read this. It's like, yeah, no, this one's not like this. It doesn't do it. (laughs) It it, and it's weird to me because you're right. I I should like this guy, but I don't like based off of, again, just these four issues. I don't like this. And I'm not even saying that you should. I think it's interesting that you that you don't like it. It's like, you know, you because if if you only read Tintin and Archie and stuff. And then you read this and you're like, this is too right. much. Then I'd say, well, yeah, this isn't for you, but you, you, you tend towards the darker stuff. You like that stuff. And, right. the, and the fact that this is, this is even a character that's, that's too far for you. Like, you, you know, uh, you have a very, uh, nuanced and knowledgeable background in, in these types of characters. So this is, this is geared toward you, but they still didn't pull it off. They didn't pull it off yeah. for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think maybe it's just because, he was like born bad, you know. Yeah, and I mean, if there's just, nothing he, to pull from at all, like if there's yeah. no bright spots anywhere to pull from, it's like, why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, he was he was just he was just born, you know, to kill. And yeah. I guess that's where they lose me. Whereas I liked my characters more damaged, and they have a reason to do what they're doing. Right. You know, like the you know you could call the crow a horrible murderer. But like you look at what happened and right. say, oh, I get it. Yeah, there, get there's where a, that could come from. There's a catalyst for that that, right, that you can understand, right. that you can empathize with. Right. Yeah, Lobo was born to literally paradise. Right. <laughs> he's doing it just to hurt people. Like there's no, literally right. Yeah, from the minute he's out of the womb. Yeah, he's he's hurting folks, and so it makes it it makes it not like fun. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It it sucks the air out of it because you, you, there's yeah. no part of you is like, oh, I can see myself doing that. It's like, ew, no, no. You're like Thanos it, is a good villain. You know, it's like, yeah, he's doing <laughs> genocide on right. on massive scales. But like, you know, he's nuanced. You can kind of, uh, well, I guess better in the movies. In the comics, he was just like, I love death and I have a heart. He for was death. in love with death, literally <laughs> courted death. Yeah, yeah. Right, maybe that's the movies. Example. He's definitely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's much more political in the movies. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, in the comics, he's just like. I want death to like me, so I'm gonna murder everybody. Instead of bringing flowers, he brought the souls of billions. Yes, yeah. Spoiler alert: she still didn't care. So all you neckbeard incels out there, it's not gonna work. <laughs> yes, yeah. Comic spoiler alert: yeah. death uh, doesn't fucking care. Nope, nope. She's just wondering why you're still alive. It's also not a she with a big rack. Like that's just Marvel. Like they, it's not, <laughs> it's not gonna work. So, back to the story. Yeah, he he finds out who this prisoner is, and the prisoner is 
another Zarnian, like I had said earlier, okay, yeah. before forgetting everything else I just talked about. He, uh, <laughs> well, do you want me to re-edit it? Like, like, do you want to? Start no, up? yeah, you can leave it. Okay. I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> um, it's uh it's his fourth grade teacher. <laughs> yeah, uh, Miss Trib. Her name is Miss Trib, and she's a very, very old lady at this point. She maybe she, I mean, she may have been a very old lady since they were mortal, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, she looks ancient, you know. And this might so. be where where you and I split because I have very, very bad memories of my my fourth grade <laughs> teacher who was a mean old lady. So this might be where you and I split, where I'm like, all right, I'm Team Lobo. Let's see, Let's see what happens. <laughs> I think I, I think you know it's easy to hate this woman. That's for sure. Okay. She's a she's a very very nitpicky, naggy old lady. Okay. You know, and she probably, you know, she hated Lobo immediately just like everybody else on Zarnia. <laughs> yeah. You know, but again, you can you can try and pull because he was so different. Mm-hmm. You know, he can try and pull some some tragedy out of his past, but no. He was a bad kid. He was a bad teenager. He's a bad adult. Like, he didn't even try to fit in. You know, he was hurting people just to hurt people from day one. So everybody disliked him for very, you know, sympathetic reasons. He was a monster. Right. My my teacher just didn't like children. So I (laughs) I think she was probably fine to everybody else. But, yeah, she, she hated children. But... I do have her to thank for uh, my career in IT and uh, my love of computers in general because she hated me (laughs) and she also hated the computer we just got in our classroom. (laughs) And her brilliant plan was to make me figure out how to use the computer off in a corner where we wouldn't be seen. And that was (laughs) a semester of fourth grade was me figuring out how to turn the computer on and get it to run a program. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. 30 some odd years later. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I was fixing computers the whole rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. I don't think it was intended to be awesome. I think it was intended to get us out of her hair. Good way to good way to rub it in. (laughs) Yeah. Lobo's distraught by this. Okay. Not happy. He thought he killed them all. <laughs> and for for the one to be left, it had to be Miss Trib, his fourth grade freaking teacher. Yeah. You know, this can't be happening to me. I'm Lobo. I killed all the Zarnians. <laughs> I couldn't have missed her. Not her. Right. I couldn't have. Right? <laughs> like how how could he have missed Miss Trib? Listen, those are the ones that are like cockroaches, man. Those those mean fourth grade teachers, they will never go. <laughs> And she's she she I mean she takes him to task as much as possible. You know, she's like, Well, thank you very much. Still rude as ever, I see. Right. So she's very like naggy motherly hen kind of, you know, just nitpick, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So he hates her, just like he hates all Zarnians, but her especially. (laughs) She gets extra double plus one hate. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. And now remember though, he has promised Mm -hmm. Doc's alive yeah yeah he can't do anything to her he cannot kill her he yeah. has to get her there alive and if he takes a contract or makes a promise it's gonna happen right yeah and that's that writer's tool i was, I was talking about like because if it was just a bad person who was just bad right then love would have just pulled out of prison snapped her neck and then just walked away but uh, exactly if you build that in 
all right, now you've got your conflict. Now you've got your story arc. And they, they made sure to have Docs repeat himself many times. Alive, <laughs> alive, alive. Listen, you short attention span comic reader. Alive. <laughs> got it? <laughs> and so he gives him a call back, and he's like, you, f- you bastard, you know? <laughs> How'd you manipulate me like this? And he's like, hey, hey, chill out. Alive, remember? Because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, he keeps repeating it. Alive. So he is literally pounding his head on the computer because he's so pissed off. <laughs> and uh, we we cut there, actually. This is near the end of the issue. And, and we cut to these little old grannies sitting around having, like, tea. Okay. And uh, they're they're like, my word, right? Oh, oh, oh my word. The un- unauthorized biography of Lobo. <laughs> and they're like, oh, dear. Oh, my, oh, my word. This is... She's the one who wrote this filth? Oh, my word, right? So this book must be filled with all of Lobo's, you know, exploits in murder and sex and rock and roll. And uh, just being, you know, the scourge of the of the cosmos, as he likes to put it. And so these these little old biddies, they're like, this cannot stand. We can't stand for this. Okay. We, we can't stand by while this hussy writes this <laughs> pornography. Oh, I haven't heard that term in a while. Hussy, yes. She's a hussy. And so, you know, little old lady one stands up and says, she's calling Gladys and Phyllis out of retirement. It is time to go inflict some morals on these people. Oh, snap. Those are some powerful old lady names. They are <laughs> they are members of the Legion of Decency. Oh. And they decide to, to suit up and head out in search of Miss Trib, the author, the hussy author of this pornography that is the unofficial <laughs> biography of Lobo. When was the PMRC popular? When was that going oh, on? Oh, I don't know. 85. The Parents Music <laughs> Resource Center was formed in oh 1985 with the stated goal of increasing parental control over the access of children to music deemed to have violent, drug-related, or sexual themes via labeling oh albums with parental advisory stickers. That has got to be who this is referencing. <laughs> it has to be. Because that's exactly what they are. There's these little bitty old ladies that just look at everybody and everything and just be like, nope, that is disgusting pornography. It is warping the minds of everybody, and we can't stand for it. Oh, man. Awesome. So this is the first group to catch wind. Or no, I'm sorry. This is the second group to catch wind of this Miss Trib in this book. That, that and she needs to be stopped. So remember, we have the sons of Lobo that we had mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. racing off to find her. Now we have the grannies of Doom <laughs> racing off to find her Led as well. By Tipper Gore and the grannies of Doom are <laughs> going after Lobo, D. Snyder, and Frank Zappa. <laughs> oh man, D. Snyder would fit in this book so well. <laughs> just just the way he looks. Uh. Hey, look, everybody, it's Twisted Sisters, D. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would so work. D. Snyder could play Miss Trib. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> look it up. Like, uh, look up. The, I, I did. I did. No, that's yeah. That's, that's, yes, absolutely. There yep. you go. He uh, totally could. D is a, a new, um, to get you into the, the DC cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be funny. Because, Hell you know, yeah. he's from Twisted Sister and now he's playing this school marmy old Miss Trib. That'd be uh, hilarious. Yeah, he would. Yeah, it, you, you could do him up to look like Tipper Gore, like who he, he was fighting <laughs> against in those in those hearings. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's a great idea. <sighs> All right. Call us, D. Snyder. Not that we can do anything, but just call us anyway. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> oh, jeez. So he slaps her on the back of his space hog, and uh, it's a it's a Zarnians can live in the vacuum of space because they're out in space, flying across the you know the void mm-hmm. of the expanse, and they're not in any kind of protection. Neither is she. It's just they're just out in space. Right? Because so he, he these Zarnians like sp- really are something else. He drives like a space motorcycle, right? Like it's just yeah, like a big. He calls old- it a space hog. <laughs> I love that band, Space Hog. <laughs> it can go, it can go very, very fast, like several times the speed of light or something like that. Like it's a ridiculous bike, right? Got it. And she's on the back, just giving him grief, and he's biting his lip. Just he's saying, <laughs> "Kill, rend, destroy, frag." Like he just, just he, his murderous energy is just building and building Got and building it. as he's going across. You know, taking her where she needs to go. Right. They stop at a at a, like a space truck stop <laughs> he's you know sits her down at a table says i'll be right back you know fucking shut the hell up i'll be back he's gotta go drain the main vein basically right <laughs> don't try to escape and on while he's in there she miss trib this this smarmy snooty teacher starts to uh comment on the truckers there and how they're they're she says there's no such word as ain't Right, so she starts correcting these people. Uh, did she bust out a red pen? <laughs> Start making corrections. I'd close the book and never read it. <laughs> well, we'll have to get into that someday. We'll we'll talk about it on the show someday. But yeah, if 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 you ever need Jeremy to quickly leave the room, uh, circle some kind of typo or or alleged mistake in red pen, and you'll uh-huh. never see him again. <laughs> uh, this. This right here, red pen, red pen, is two fucking spaces to the to the top too close. No, uh, I asked for a six point border. This is obviously a four point border. Uh, I'm sending it back. About, I murder your face off. <laughs> All right, sorry. Didn't want to take you down that dark road. <laughs> oh man, I haven't thought about her in forever. So Lobo is in the bathroom and he's just like he's you know he's putting water on his face. He's just like fuck, I can't take this shit and he hears his crash from outside and so he he rushes back out and he sees that one of the truckers whose name is elvis and has a and a you know he has a a, a look nice. according to the name nice he's a trucker he's got his trucker friends all around him and he's holding miss trib and she's still talking shit and he's just like nobody talks about us that way and then she was like you know she's talking shit about their mothers not raising good children <laughs> and all this kind of stuff and lobo walks up and kisses Elvis on the cheek and says, party's over, Elvis. And he just starts to wreck faces. Uh, Interestingly enough, it doesn't seem like he kills any of these folks. Uh-huh. He just, he just, he's mildly, you know, upset. And so he starts hey, to beat him up. He needed basically. to let off some steam. You know, Absolutely. like, like he's, he's been percolating for a bit. So, uh, unfortunately now could this, you know, they say that, that you know, Elvis didn't die. It went off to space. Is this could this actually be Elvis? Did he become uh, a space trucker? Yes, I think that is a perfectly reasonable, uh, awesome place for him to have ended up. I mean, the 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 similarities are obviously uncanny. Okay. So, I think you're right. Okay, cool. All yeah. right, that is now canon. It is now canon. Earth <laughs> canon. Lobo canon. Absolutely. Yes. So, Elvis, the real Elvis, he uh, <laughs> he he proceeds to get his ass absolutely wrecked by Lobo. Not killed though, 
None of these guys actually get killed. I don't know why. Um, I think it's because he, they were annoyed by Miss Trib, and so he kind of is like, I get it. Sure. She's awful, <laughs> and so I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> right. I don't blame you. I don't. Right. I, he sympathizes, but I'm still going to mess you up because <laughs> I have to bring this chick in, you know, basically alive. Yeah. yeah. You know, Miss Trib is in the background. Ugh, such behavior. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we cut over to real docs and he's talking to some of his underlings and we find out that, uh, you know, he's got a bit of a plan going on here and, uh, things are going as of right now, they're going better than he can have expected. You know, the Legion of decency is now on the tail. You know, we got the sons of, of Lobar showing up. That's not exactly who he'd want to show up to, you know, into his little plan that he's got going on, but it's not that big of a deal. Right, Right. So far. So good. Right. Okay. It's going better than he ever dreamed, he says. <laughs> okay. And that was that's the end of, of the chapter. This second issue is called Lord of the Dance. <laughs> and uh, Man, this is rich with nineties references. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, huh? Lord of the Dance was awesome. Michael Flatley or something? Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. Oh man. Before that he was with Riverdance. Yeah. I love Riverdance. <laughs> so powerful with all the flailing legs. Oh, yeah. Never move your upper body. <laughs> it's awesome. So they stop at a hotel. Uh, she's making this trip very, very long. She's constantly got to stop. You know, he's, he's he mentions at some <laughs> point something that would take a a seven hour you know trip right. is turning into this marathon. So they stop at a hotel. Right. Have you ever been on a long drive with an old person? Long it takes forever. Long drive. Yeah. <laughs> or you know they're going across the galaxy. We're planet to planet on a motorcycle. Right. right. <laughs> Just, you know, it, it must be hell for her. Yeah. Even worse for Lobo. At least there's no wind, right? That, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no wind. So that's nice. <laughs> it's cold. There's no wind, at least. So, And they seem to be perfectly fine with it. And there's there's, there's no Star Trek talk here. It's just open open space. There's <laughs> right. nothing in the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's no deflector shields mentioned once. Gotcha. I think one of the only things that I saw them say that was like science fictiony was uh, like hyperspace near the end of the yeah, okay. of the four issues. You know, well, remember the Borg can live outside in space. Yes, they can. So that's you know, very true. There is if you want to if you want to go Star Trek, there is precedent, uh, but it is it is there. <laughs> it is there. It very much is there. Yeah, because they're not really alive, so they don't need the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I don't know. Star Trek nerds might actually get mad at what I just said, but anyway. I just want to flex that little muscle real quick. That's a discussion for another time. <laughs> That's hate mail for another episode. No shit, right? <laughs> so we're we're at a we're at a seedy hotel in a seedy town on a seedy world. The seeds of psychotic violence are sown, right? So this is not a good place. You can imagine Miss Trib is going to have a few things to say, right? Right. He sets her into this room and you know says, "Don't you." Frickin' leave. Don't don't go anywhere. And he, he's talking actually to somebody, his little pal named Gus. Okay. And it, I get the impression here that Gus is uh, a sometimes helper of Lobo. You okay. know, like this is a hotel that he takes people to and Gus helps him out from uh, time to time. Okay. He's, he's warning him, don't fuck this up. I've had a bad day. And, and he's like, no sweat, sir. I, you got it. This will be no problem. It turns out to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Poor Gus. You'll find out. Aww. So <laughs> Lobo is the reason why he's having Gus watch over Miss Trib is because he's got to go 
call in. He, you know, uh, Docs has asked for updates if they have to stop, right? right? So call in, give me updates, tell me what's going on. So he goes downstairs to make a phone call, murders the attendant at the front desk. <laughs> Because he, you know, he said, all right, all right. Stop. It's a it's a bell, not a bloody jukebox, moron. Uh, so hey. Lobo destroys the bell and then murders the bell guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Blood all over the computer as he's making his call. Hey, there's no there's no reason to be rude in customer service. I worked customer service a long time. No, no need to be rude or else sometimes. Le- lessons learned. You're killed with a bell. Yeah. Le- lessons learned. It's too bad. Lobo makes his call. He's very frustrated. And still... Docs is like, I don't care. Just alive. <laughs> Bring her back alive. That's obviously starting to become this, you know, this part of the plan. Right. You gotta keep Lobo frustrated. He's gotta <laughs> he's gotta be, you know, in this predicament that he's not used to. Uh-huh. Gets him off his game, throws him off, you know, he's he's frustrated and angry and he can't think straight. This right. is all part of Docs's plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Forcing somebody like Lobo to keep their word and bring somebody in alive is tough. It's hard for Lobo. And especially for who it is. I mean, if it was just some regular annoying, you know, bounty, you know, you, you get over it. But there's the personal attack of not only is it a surviving Zarnian, which he didn't think existed because he thought he did a really good job. Right. But it's someone he also hates. Hates. So hates, hates, it's, hates. it's like it's like three you know, compounded on top. Like he can't, he can't put any physical harm. His failure is staring him in the face and she's not even scared of him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she gives no fucks about who he is. That's no, for she's, sure. She's a one star reviewer on Yelp. <laughs> like she is yeah, just absolutely. on a rampage. Yep. And that's obviously got him worked up. You know, he's, yeah. he's not thinking correctly. So he goes back to the room and he realizes after five freaking minutes, they're already gone. <laughs> and he busts down the door and sees there's a little note to him left by Gus saying they've gone to the opera. You see, Lobo doesn't need a note, though, because Lobo has a superhuman power of being able to basically sniff somebody out literally planets away. Across the universe, for the most part, for all intents and purposes, it's described as like being able to sniff out somebody's aura. He can track them anywhere as long as he's met them. Right. Wow. That is a that is a, a a powerful uh, but seemingly um, inconvenient power. <laughs> like I don't want to be smelling stuff different planets away. And now Saturn. Pine needles. Oh man, this is great. Hey, as long as you don't make me smell your anus. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry, Fry, but astronomers renamed Uranus in 2620 to end that stupid joke once and for all. Oh, what's it called now? Eurectum. Constantly, all the time. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't need this note, but he he uh, he reads the note and he heads off. And uh, he finds them in the opera. Oh, I'm sorry. Right before he makes it to the opera, we get a couple little cutscenes of some of the other groups that yep. are following. Oh, right, him. right, yeah. So we find out that uh, the warden slash police chief that he killed at the uh, Legion mm-hmm. prison, yeah, the 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 head and the robot in the elevator, robot Nixon, uh, robot Nixon, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> similar, not the same. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's a new there's a new police chief, and uh, his name is Chief Rex. He's a big dinosaur alien guy, <laughs> and uh, he's getting a report 
that you know Lobo murdered him. It wasn't an accident or anything like that. It's the psychopath. And Rex is pissed. Chief Rex, he's mad. So now you've got Chief Rex with the Oneida Six Police Force okay. after him as well. Okay. So now that's what is that? That's the third group. Third group, point. yeah, raising the stakes. Oneida Police, mm-hmm. the Sons of Lobo, and the, the uh, and then the Legion of Decency, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, and and now the very next page. We find out that the truckers are pissed that they got their ass whipped. Oh. So now we have the space truckers really? as well. So Elvis yeah. didn't, is not taking his beating lying down like he's going to. No. No. He, he wants a little he, more. He had his little less peanut butter banana sandwich ruined. Action. Yeah. <laughs> We're both trying to like quickly come up with competing Elvis puns. <laughs> it's really easy to make puns on Elvis, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so so Elvis and the gang, not not happy with their bruised egos. No, no. So they're joining, they, the group. you know, humiliated. So they're not having any of it, and they are speeding off in the direction that they went as well. All right. So, as Lobo and Miss Trib are making their way to Legion HQ, he's making all these enemies. Right? Mm-hmm. There's all these groups of folks are are getting riled up mm-hmm. because of either him. Or Miss Trib, right? And all of these groups of folks are after them, right? Right. And Legion HQ is kind of in a remote area. It, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so a collateral damage kind of situation, okay. right? Got it. Not a, not a worry for real docs who's in charge of Legion. Got it. So we're starting to kind of understand that you know having all these people follow him is is part of the plan. Got it. Okay. And more groups than he thought. Are after him, and that's that's great. Okay, so and that, that explains why he wasn't worried about the Sons of Lobo joining in. Because if if you're just looking for more chaos, like okay, yeah, come on, by. yeah. And that I think that they would be a minor nuisance. You know, Lobo doesn't care about them. That's right. not his gang, right? So Lobo himself would probably kill a few of them just because they were there, right? Yeah, right. I, yeah, totally. Yeah, I if totally. things go down, yeah, sure, they might try and protect Lobo, but Lobo's yeah. not going to care. He's going to call them idiots and murder them, it's too. Just human like, what are you thinking? It's fine. There's only one Lobo. You know, <laughs> He killed a whole yeah. civilization just to be the unique yeah. guy in the universe. Except for this old lady who's strapped to the back of my motorcycle. Exactly. Just being her. <laughs> so he tracks her down with his superpower. You know, Again, didn't need that note, but he follows them to the ballet. And the ballet is called... I thought you said it was the opera earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. The opera, ballet, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, he calls it the ballet. I called it the opera. <laughs> okay. It's it's theater. Dance theater. So I guess that's the ballet. All right. Yeah. They're going to fancy pants stuff. You fancy pants. Exactly. The To be specific, the Pan Galactic Demolition Dance Company in Rhapsody in Chainsaws. <laughs> that's the show that they're going to go see. And and Mrs. Tribb is excited. She hasn't been to the to the you know, like to theater in a long panic at the disco album is Rhapsody and Chainsaws. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> Gus and Mrs. Tribb are sitting in their seats waiting for the show to start. And, you know, he's up on one of those like balcony seats and he looks down and he sees them. He finds them. And you see here, Miss um, Trib is thanking Gus. She says she's heard so much about the world, about your world's dancers. And it's so nice of you to accompany me, Gus. And he's like, my pleasure. 
Glad you told me Lobo wouldn't mind him being a dance fan and all. Got it. So Miss Trib lied to Gus, right? Saying that oh, it's fine. Right. It, he's a dance fan. He won't mind if you take me to the ballet. Let's get the hell out of here. So Gus, hey, he's just a trusting fool, because <laughs> right after he says, "Hey, my pleasure. This is fantastic. You know, I I have nothing to worry about." <laughs> Lobo proceeds to kill the two people that tried to take his where he was standing because he was in their seats. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so he kills them first. Sure. And then the, the ballet starts. So while Lobo's killing these two people that were trying to just sit in their seats, right? Right. The, the, the ballet starts, and it's bullets and chainsaws and dodging f- fire and lopping off heads. And Mrs. Tribb was not expecting that. She thought she was going to get traditional ballet. And what she got instead was, was like... Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas. Y- I think I've seen this show. Yeah, but like the running man kind of stuff, you know? It's like murder ball. <laughs> no, that is a Cirque du Soleil show now. It's new. Uh, they actually they take someone from the audience and put them in a big ball and kill them. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> so so she's not Except happy. to the monkey's music. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, hey. Anyways... Gus is excited. This is he's like this is great. You know he's seen the show before and he's having a great time. Mrs. Trib is super not impressed, and uh, he says, "Sure hope Lobo shows up soon because he's going to miss the good parts." And just as that happens, Lobo jumps from the balcony and crushes poor Gus. Aww, dun, dun. just crushes him, <laughs> splats him on the ground. It says squish, right? Nasty. Aww. And she's like, "You've just squished that poor man." And he's like. He's like, I ought to fuck you up, right? <laughs> and then the the audience member starts clapping for Lobo. It seems in line with the the show. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It, it 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 it's it was more exciting than what was on stage. So they stopped watching the stage and started clapping for him. Wow. And uh, he's like, huh, this is kind of cool. Like I could get used to this. This is <laughs> this is kind of a neat show, right? <laughs> As he's dragging Mrs. Tribb by her hair. Out of the uh, the theater, wow. the theater, the dancers, the the ballet troupe, they shoot a shot at him, and it grazes his face. <laughs> and they're like, nobody upstages us, right? So they're mad yeah. that he interrupted the show and got more of an applause right. than they were getting. That's tough. When you, when your show is based around firearms and chainsaws, and someone else outdoes you in the. First 10 seconds of your show that's tough that's tough to come back from that is that is you know people are going to be wanting more of that and these posers up on stage are not happy right, about it right as a performer i'm, I'm kind of siding with them on this one <laughs> it sucks to be upstaged right <laughs> so uh, oh by the way if you don't know what lobo looks like he you know very kind of a you know leather wearing you know skulls chains kind of look and he has on his right hand is a uh, an armful of chain and at the end of that chain is a hook mm-hmm. so he grabs that hook and he spits on it <laughs> <laughs> so he's like okay finally get to really do some damage right oh that's kind of cool and kind of gross 
it, it, it's it, like a in like we mentioned before the art is very cool you know the character designs are really fun the colors are very vibrant and all of the fighting and gore scenes are really well done the art's fantastic so this these next few pages is of him just tearing these people apart ripping fa- like literally <laughs> ripping faces off and I, I also like i wanted to point out before i forgot that i i think it's interesting that the the uh miss trib had a chance to escape but didn't yeah like she convinced the porter guy, like, "Hey, it just take me to a play." Like, I mean, they could have, like, she could have ran for it or like got off world or something, but it's like, nah, I'll just go. I'll just go watch some, yeah, some people. It's got to go to theater, fight you know, priorities. <laughs> She's on a new planet, new, new, you know, new theater yeah. experiences to be had. So, hey, priorities. I mean, right? I'm with her because I mean, she would have got caught immediately. So at least like enjoy your time. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Like, I'm just gonna go down the street. It's fine. Just gonna go bop down the road <laughs> right, yeah. and go watch a play. Yeah, it's cool. Well, he ruins her time, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. As he murders the entire dance troupe and the, the crowd just loves it. <laughs> they say magic, pure magic. And he, then he calls them wimps as he slings her over his shoulder and walks walks out. All right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty rough day for old Gus though. He was just yeah. he was totally innocent. You know, he was tricked by Miss Tribb. She straight up lied. Yeah. And he was like, sure, let's go out for a fun time and Lobo will show up and enjoy the dancing too. And then all of a sudden I mean he did. <laughs> that part wasn't a lie. It's true. He did. He did he eventually did show it. up. He probably did enjoy it. <laughs> uh. So the last few pages of, of issue two is really just kind of talking or showing you where everybody's at who's on the hunt for Lobo or on the hunt for, for Miss Trib. And uh, we see the sons of Lobo mm-hmm. and we see the Oneidas. Oneida? Oneida? Anyways, police force. They're on they're on the trail. They're getting close. We see the League, or not the League, the Legion of Decency. They're in this big ship. It's all grannies. It's all old white hair grannies. <laughs> and like every... Sp- station all the guns everything is all grannies and this ship is huge like it's as big as a moon right and it's driving 15 miles under the speed limit and with one blinker on <laughs> right the entire time make <laughs> the left turn already <laughs> but this this ship is huge and it's it's basically just a big flying gun right <laughs> these these grannies don't mess around and uh and it's all still this is all still going just fine. Okay. Docs is very, very pleased okay. with uh, how things are going. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter that there's innocent people being murdered along the way. He is going where he needs to go, Lobo, that is. Mm-hmm. And all of the people that he wants there at the same time are going to be there at the same time. So he's happy. Right. Docs is, ha- is he's having a good time with this. All right on. Okay. And now we're into issue three. And issue three is called Spell or Die. <laughs> and this 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 issue starts out a little bit different than the last two. It, it starts off with with uh, Lobo vanishing, and Docs is talking to some of his crew, and he's like, "People don't just vanish, especially people like Lobo. Yeah. Where the hell did he go? Where is he? Right?" Yeah. And so he's he's screaming at everybody because now his plan is not going well. He doesn't know what the hell happened. He's just gone. Okay. And so is Miss Trib. Okay. He, he's pestering his crew, trying to find answers, and he's just running around pissed, right? Come to find out that they were gassed when he was like, oh, yeah, that's a, another thing I should mention, that Lobo is a little susceptible to chemical weapons. Oh. 
Okay. So you, you toss a sleeping, you know, uh, like a, a knockout juice kind of gas bomb. Uh-huh. He's susceptible to that. So chemical warfare apparently is something he's not so good at resisting. Okay. It doesn't kill him, but if it's if it's meant to knock him out, it'll knock him out kind of right. deal. Right, but he doesn't need to breathe. <laughs> right, he doesn't. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Stop thinking about <laughs> plot holes. Never mind Never mind. It's the 90s. Plot armor is written <laughs> when it needs to be written. All right, pal. I got it. Got it. <laughs> so they they show up. Okay. So so Docs and his 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 uh his legion people. They don't know where he's at. Okay. They we find uh, Lobo and Miss Trib on this huge massive ship just floating. Who knows where? Okay. And he's yelling at her for not speaking up about seeing the ship in the distance when he was relieving himself. I guess <laughs> off the back of his bike. I don't really know. I could I could totally see like them in space, three dimensional space, somehow pulling over and putting down the kickstand and right. having the bike just stand there and then him like walk <laughs> off it and then pee. Like I could totally see that playing out. <laughs> yeah, or maybe like a pit stop on a moon, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of asteroid, you know, some asteroid truck stop. Yeah, because there's asteroids, moons, you sure. know, in the vastness of space, sure. you know, sure. just wherever you need it to be. Kind of like in Star Trek, there's always an M-class planet somewhere. <laughs> right, right, right. Whenever the plot needs it, there's always an M-class planet somewhere. Uh, and and just so happened to be gassed while he's relieving himself. Got it. And she didn't say anything, right? <laughs> but in this in this first panel that we see them together, Mrs. Tribb is missing her legs. Oh, okay. She wasn't missing them before, right? She was not. Okay. She was able to walk. She was able to take herself wherever she needed to go. Okay. And that, that turned out to be a problem because, see, Gus was able to walk her down the street. That's true. So, so do we know if Lobo took her legs? Lo, Lobo has removed her legs. <laughs> Lobo has decided that I keep hitting my mic this episode because <laughs> they heal and can regenerate and can even clone themselves. Sure. Right? Sure. He's like, hey, this is she's not dead. Oh God! He's nobody can get mad at me no. for removing this Biddy's legs <laughs> because that's just her having legs is a pain in the ass. <laughs> So he takes her legs off, and they're arguing, and she's pissed, obviously, right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're trying to figure out how to get out of here, and you know, here's another very rare occurrence where it talks a little bit sci-fi-y, okay. where she's like, can't you just break through the walls, dummy? And he's like, not so easy. That's a bonding wall. They're, it's keyed to our nervous system. Okay. There's not a lot of sci-fi talk in this. So it's that's really rare when they talk like that. It sticks out. It sticks out. It really does because I mean it's frag this and frag that, and you know everybody speaks like aliens out of uh, heavy metal. You know, just made up words that make mean nothing. Right. Every every character is some kind of. If it's an alien, it's an alien wearing a trucker hat. You <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> right. So there's not a lot of space talk. Not a lot of tech talk. Got it. As they're discussing this, they get gassed again. And we see these guys in red hoods, kind of like Inquisition style. Okay. Red robes, red hoods. And they say, uh, they say his grammar is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> All too typical of the modern age, the other guy says. Uh-huh. And then they say the legless one shows promise. And only the sacred bee will tell. And the bee is B-E-E in quotes. Okay. Ready them for their addition 
uh, for the competition starts soon. Okay. And then the very next panel is is Lobo coming to, and he's tied up uh, amongst what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven other people. Okay. And they're all tied to the same spots, right? They all have their little. Uh, it's a, basically a row of chained up people, and they're all standing on a pad. She's on a chair because she's now legless. Okay. And on the wall, it says 14th Annual Orthography Commandos Spelling Bee. <laughs> and then there's a row of these guys all in red hoods and red robes, and they're holding a book. And then in front of them is another row of red uh, robed and hooded people with weapons pointed at all of the contestants oh. in this spelling bee <laughs> spelling bee <laughs> they have been kidnapped for a spelling bee this this, this is such like a um, douglas adams very you know much. feel to it you know where it's it's just very much super silly you know thing that just exists you know it's like <laughs> it's a piece of our world in a completely nonsensical environment <laughs> And it, it's so nonsensical and so out of left field and so doesn't fit the narrative up to this point. It's just, it's it's zany and wacky. And I do, I, I like that it's stupid, right? Because it's stupid. and yeah. But it's fun. Right, yeah, as long know? as it's entertaining. You know, I mean, you know. It's entertaining and it, and it is, uh, it's a parody. You know, there's all these characters are parried all over the place. As long as it doesn't feel out of place. You know, like if you were to do something like this in a serious book, be like, uh, okay, so what's this really mean? Like, what what is this really? Right. But in you know, right. here in a place like Lobo, when there's a surprise spelling bee, like nobody expects <laughs> this Spanish Inquisition like music place. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's just it as silly as yeah. as that one dude doing his poetry that kills people. <laughs> right, right. Vo- Vogan poetry. Right. The Vogan poetry. Right. right. Yeah. It, right. So yeah, I, I, I can dig it. It's, it, and it, it, it is out of place because uh-huh. it's so out of left field, yeah. but at the same time, they're being chased by the legions of decency. Right. And now they're being attacked by the orthography commandos who, who I, that's who I thought it was at first. Cause they were like, you know, talking about their grammar and, and all that right. stuff. And I was like, Oh, it says, it says old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> nope, totally different faction of folks. They are, see, their whole task is to free the universe of the ignorant. Okay. They they have a huge deep hatred for people who can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> and they use this spelling bee as a way to weed out the weak ones, right? Right, right. <laughs> I'm not going to go over this a lot. It, it's something that I, it, this is a good place for me to do my thing where it's like, you need to just read it. Got it's it. It's so silly. Got it. So, you know? Yeah. An, an encounter with galactic grammar Nazis. Like, you could... Exactly. Yeah, that's something for you You got to gotta read it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And it, Miss, Mrs. Tribb, I will say, Mrs. Tribb is excited because she's like, Lobo's definitely going to get killed, right? He's going <laughs> to die. He, he's a fucking moron in her mind, right? So she's she's a teacher. She, she knows how to spell. So she's excited that he's about... She's like, see you later. You, you know, nice knowing you. Like how there's still no camaraderie at all. Like, oh, we'll get out of this together. She's like, see you, loser. Nope. Yeah, none. She absolutely despises him. And uh, she's very confident, but but his he's, he becomes the next contestant, right? And his first word to spell, genocide. <laughs> All right, hey, it's still a coin toss. Like, just because he's good at it doesn't mean he can spell it. He's like, J, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and these guys are, they weren't joking around. 
right? Like, so, you know, they give him a, they give, what's this guy's word? His word is mnemonic. And if you don't know, mnemonic starts with an M, but this poor bastard says N and is immediately vaporized. His whole chest cavity is just exploded. I would have started with a P like pneumonia. Yeah. No, it starts with an M. <laughs> mnemonic. Yeah. English is stupid. <laughs> it's Dumba. <laughs> So they're they're just you know capping fools left and right because they're giving them pretty hard words and only Lobo and Miss Trib are left. Oh man! And he's like he 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 yells out. He's like this isn't fair, and and she's a teacher so she's got a she's got a one up on me. It's not fair. It's a it's a uh, unfair contest because I'm just a guy and this is a teacher. How can I beat that? Right? Yeah, she's made for this. And she's like, I'm that's right. I'm a teacher, and they're like. You kidnapped and have been treating poorly. They're like, you know, a teacher. Oh, my gosh. That's like one of their best, you know, favorite things in the universe because they teach the ignorant and the illiterate to make them not. Right. Right. Yeah. So they're like, screw it. We don't care that you got everything <laughs> wrong. We're going to we're going to wrap you up in a bunch of chains and metal and, and we're going to execute you anyway. And right when they're about to. That seems to kill, like my experience with school. I think I remember that part. <laughs> Of school, where they where they yeah. tie up in a bunch of chains and throw you into space. A lot of chains and bloody chairs. Right, you got it. Right. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was fourth grade. That sounds right. Fourth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Kickball was a bloodbath. <laughs> uh, and here's an here's another uh, you know um, example of the writers kind of using whatever they need to in the moment. You know, his powers vary so much. You know, at one point. In this book so far, he's been hit with a mace in the face and he bled. Mm -hmm. But then he also is standing there chained up and didn't do anything. And now he's completely covered in all these crazy handcuffs, chains, and big strips of metal to lock him down. He just breaks out of it no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if he was, if he's soft enough to have an axe blade hurt his arm because it's stuck inside and bleed. If he's going to try and use his super strength to rip through this metal, it just dig into him, right? Is it is it kind of like a, a Hulk thing where like the the angrier he gets, the tougher he gets? I mean, maybe. I guess that's one. If you want to explain it in your head that way, uh, maybe. You know, okay. maybe it's like when he's not thinking about it, he's vulnerable. But when he's like serious about damaging you, right. then he becomes impervious or something. Yeah. Uh. Maybe. I guess that's if it doesn't explain it in you know. In canon somewhere right. that works for me. Yeah, at least you know, it's it like only kind of precedent for it, and it's like he's not the. F- yeah, it's not completely made. Well, it also is completely made up. But I mean, <laughs> it's not <laughs> this particular aspect's not completely made up. Yeah, I, it, that works for me. Let's go okay. with that. It all he's only impervious when he's thinking about being so. Sure. <laughs> Why not? That's like some Tony Robbins shit. Ah, <laughs> no kidding, huh? <laughs> you're only impervious if you believe you're impervious. You can do anything as long as you believe it. <laughs> now walk over these coals. All right. Now wear these giant teeth so you look like me. <laughs> also, here's some stilts because I'm a fucking giant. Yeah. Uh, so he, he breaks out of his bonds and just, you know, destroys them. He just wrecks them up. He's like, I'm talking fists inside chest cavities, ripping them apart. Got it. Got it. Pretty pretty gnarly shit. Because these, these guys weren't just a, an inconvenience or annoyance. These guys actually, like, captured him and threatened him and, and you know 
sidetracked him. So yeah, these these would these would yeah up the ante a little bit. And they sided with her, right? <laughs> so they were sympathetic <laughs> to her. They were like, "You're fucking with a teacher. We're gonna kill you." And so not only did they get the jump on him, right? They they were also on her side. So he did not spare them right. any pain. Yeah, that's, that's probably the sure. most important part. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So they get back on the road. That it, this issue is kind of a condensed one. It's it's it, there's not a lot that happens in this. Okay. It's it's basically the spelling bee, and then them back on the road, and he and then Docs finally hears from Lobo. So he's he's freaking out. Like his plan is falling right. apart. Right, yeah, because he had gone missing. Yeah, exactly. And so he finally calls back, and he's like, uh, "Where the fuck have you been?" <laughs> right, like Jesus Christ, you're screwing everything up. And he's like, okay, hey, you know, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Lobo proceeds to tell him, he's like, you know what? This has been such a pain in the ass that I'm not going to go straight to your headquarters. I'm going to stop at Revel 7. And Revel 7 is like a paradise party planet. Oh. So Lobo is stressed. He needs some R&R. <laughs> And, and at first, Docs is like, no, that's not good, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he, he's like, hmm, Revel 7. What, what can, how can I make this, you know, use this situation? Uh-huh. And he says, and Lobo's like, I don't fucking care. I'm, I'm going. Like, you're not going to stop me. We're going to go. <laughs> and he's bringing the old lady with him? He's taking the old lady with him. I mean, he's still got to protect the old yeah. lady. He still said that he would bring her in alive. Yeah. And he still intends on doing okay. that. All right. But he's stressed. He's not having a good time. This has been the worst few days of his life, and he needs to relax. And at least this way, if he's still working, he can expense all of you know his meals and all the uh, porter tips and uh, the the maitre d and all that stuff. So good, good on him business wise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's he's still on the clock. <laughs> he's still on the clock. He's just he's taking a breather. Right. And Docs is he's sitting there thinking he's like Revel Seven, Revel Seven. What? Okay. We're on an unsecured channel, and he announced where he's going. Oh, shit. And he freaks out. And he he starts running, and he has to kind of, you know, go to his command center and pull up uh, the screen that shows where all of those people that are following Lobo. Right, right. Right? They definitely heard where Lobo's going. Okay. And that's not a good thing, see, because Docs needed him to bring her to where he is. Right. Because it's remote. Right. And it's away from other people. Right. So Docs isn't, yeah, he's not completely bad. And and so all of his, his chess pieces are scattered now. Yes. Right. And, and and if they go to Revel 7, that is filled with millions of people. Right, that's a tourist spot. Yeah. If something bad goes down there, you know, if his plan comes to a head at Revel 7, it's going to be a, a bloodbath. Got it. Okay. So he's freaking out, right? right? And uh, it, the, the issue ends with is, issue number three, Spell or Die, ends with... Her complaining yet again mm-hmm. that this place sucked. <laughs> and he says, shut up and drink your damn Mai Tai. And he's <laughs> has drank many of them already. And she's sitting there, still legless, mind you, yeah. in a chair drinking a Mai Tai. Uh, yeah. That's how I want to end up. <laughs> I mean, there there has to be worse ways, right? Worse ways to be. I'm just glad that there's Mai Tais in space. Like, uh, I'll know no that, shit. that someday if you, when I get out there, I can still find a Mai Tai in space. Yeah. They're delicious. If you've never had one, oh, people, yes, go get a Mai Tai. Please. I've, yeah, it's 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 a Kool-Aid with rum in it. It's amazing. 
should absolutely do it. It really is. <laughs> They're really good. And get the big stupid ones too. You're on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Get them out of a fucking pineapple with all the umbrellas in the world. Screw it. Yeah. It's fun. Diet blue. Who cares? <laughs> so, so they're on this planet. They're 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 taking a break. Okay. She's not happy. No. He says, "Shut the hell up. Drink some booze." Rude. Now we're on to issue number four, and this issue is called "The Last Last Zarnian." <laughs> For sure, this time. Seemingly so. <laughs> it's a little bit of a foreshadowing of things to come. Okay. So now this issue starts. You know what? Lobo does not like this planet after all. Hmm. Yeah. Not happy with his vacation planet because all they're doing is partying and drinking. Okay. That's it. That's it. There's there's nothing else happening. He says a colostomy would have been more fun than this. <laughs> so Lobo's just, he's not having it. He's not feeling it. He doesn't like the vibe. Okay. And uh, he proceeds to tell her to shut the hell up again and hangs her up in a closet. <laughs> She can't walk. Her legs don't work. Yeah, right. And he just hangs her by her like <laughs> by her her like dress or muumu, whatever the hell she's wearing. Sure. And hangs her up and closes the door. <laughs> he's got he's gonna he's gonna create his own fun. Okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna say this sounds like the planet he came from. Yeah, you know, like it's all paradise. Everyone's happy and having a good time. Like. That seems like the planet he was born on. Like it doesn't seem like his scene. Yeah, it, he thought it was going to be something else because right. he says it, it's not my fault that this planet is not all it's cracked up to be. Right? right? It doesn't live up to uh, the reputation, sure. or at least in his opinion. Right. It probably is exactly the way it's supposed to be. Party planet. You go there. It's nothing but fun in the sun. Right. Drinking, partying, whatever. Right. right? But that's not that's not Lobo's idea of fun right exactly yeah because most people's idea of fun isn't you know genocide like they're catering right. to most people <laughs> exactly he has a very specific fetish Ex- very <laughs> very specific chaos and nothing but yeah so so he he changes clothes he's he's decided to fit in he's wearing a hat backwards he's got on a um he's got on some swim shorts some flip-flops He's got himself a cigar and some sunglasses and a uh, Hawaiian print shirt, right? He's getting into the mood. He's he's decided to be a part of the gang. Right. And he, he hacks the planet's like sound, like a TV station, right? He broadcasts planet-wide. And again, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but Lobo is absolutely known throughout the universe. Okay. Okay? He is infamous for what he does. Okay. He does not hide in the shadows. Got it. Everybody knows Lobo and he gets on TV and he says, so everybody enjoying their vacations. Great. Now it's time for me to have a little bit of fun. Now it's time for me to have my vacation. And he says in exactly five hours, I start killing anyone still on this mud ball. So in five hours time, if you're still on the planet, he is going to murder you. Okay. And since everybody knows Lobo, and he always does what he says. Oh, right. Right, right, right. right? Okay, yep. He always does what he says. So he is saying, I will kill you if you are on this planet in five hours. So they know it's not a bluff. They're like, for reals, get out of here. That's going to happen. Right. It is his message to everybody to leave, and everybody knows he's serious. Surprisingly merciful. Five hours. I mean, if you're all space-bound yeah. people, yeah, all right, I think you're good. Yeah, but this is, a, this is a planet 
with hundreds of millions of people, I'm guessing, right? Because yeah. it's a planet right. and it's a vacation right. planet. So I'm going to guess it's pretty freaking full. Right. Yeah. And there's not going to be a lot of ways off. No. So he's created himself a, a nice little bottleneck of sorts <laughs> to watch as people panic. Uh. So we cut back to dr- to to Docs. I keep wanting to call him Drox for some reason. Vril Docs. It's probably it's probably from Drax from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and he's green too. He's green and big and muscular. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's it's my brain is trying to say Drax, and it's like no, Docs. <laughs> <laughs> so he he obviously sees the broadcast right? right and he's like shit 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 this is bad just a big joke to to lobo but these poor people it's this is not good yeah. and so he's freaking out right? right and he also knows that everybody's converging into the area all of the people that were following him that were meant to follow him to the legion hq is going to this planet like it's turning into his his plan is fucked <laughs> and docs knows it yeah, it's getting further and further away from his original yes. idea. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, he, he's stressed. Yeah. This is not going to look good in the report, right? Okay. <laughs> so so now we see... Like, after all that, he's still, like, middle management. Like, after... He <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's in charge of this huge police force yeah. of types, you know. But, no, he's stressed. Right. This is not good. Right. This is this is no bueno. <laughs> and... Uh, so now we're we're back on Revel Seven, and people are just going. I mean, trampling people. You know, everybody's trying to claim that they're like pilots of ships, so they can get on it. Like everybody's freaking out. It's just worldwide panic. Yeah. And there's old Lobo just sitting in a lounge chair, smoking a cigar, <laughs> as explosions upon explosions all over the place. Fire raging, people dying. He's sitting there chugging stuff. He's just loving it. The, his This planet is now living up to his, his standards. Right, now vacation. it's a vacation. <laughs> he says, hey, now, this is more like it, right? And it's just, it's terrible, right? Wow, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole different kind of club bed experience. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And uh, the, the the art is really good. It's very vibrant. You know, and seeing him in the clothes that they got him in is hilarious. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw those yeah. when, I was, when I was coming through some of the art earlier. Um, yeah, because it's so hard to tell with a character like Lobo, the type of situation he's in. Uh, because, right. it, you know, it goes so kind of all over the place and kind of wacky. It goes all over um, the place, yeah. So, yeah, I think I did see that one. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this could either be a one-shot. This could be a, a wizard special. This could be this could be whatever. I have no idea. But, You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, main storyline. Sure. Nope, this is main. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's hilarious, you know. And he's he's actually starting to... So he's he's watching all this mayhem happen. And he's, he's you know, as if I really had the time to hang around and off everybody on this planet. <laughs> he already has a freaking contract to get this chick in. Uh-huh. He's got to leave. Uh-huh. So he calls them all bozos. Can't take a joke, he says. Eh, frag them if they can't take a joke. <laughs> so it wasn't a promise. He was just making a joke, and now everybody's freaking out. Right. Well, hey, you know, when you're on vacation, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> I go, there's immediately inconsistencies with the character. It's like, He'll never do this, except for when he immediately does it. <laughs> okay, sure. 
It's just a joke. Right. It's it's on them. All the death is not his fault. Sure. He's not who he is, and those people didn't believe him, you know? Yeah. Um, While all of this is happening, though, we start to see all the folks that have been following Lobo and Miss Trib. They start to arrive. Okay. The truckers, the sons of Lobo, Legion of Decency, and the uh, Oneida, Oneida police. I I don't know. O-N-E-I-D-A. I know. I I see that, too. Like, either one, I think, is, is fine, Oneida. One, I, I think, because it, it looks, it sounds like one iota, like when you say it out, like one ida, but if it's if it's on ida, right, or even like Juanita, <laughs> planet Juanita, the Juanita police. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Oneida. Okay, so all of those people plus the Oneida police, uh-huh. and as they start to move in, you know, havoc is just is raging across the planet, and none of these groups of people really know that the others are arriving as well. Okay. The 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 sons of uh, Lobo, the the biker gang, they kind of saw some of the other people like moving in and so they know of some of them but they don't know everybody. There's no right? coordination. Like, they haven't been getting together. Zero. Right. Right. Okay. Zero coordination. Okay. They're all doing their own thing without talking to anybody, right? right? And as they start to go in, shit just goes south. Okay. As the as the Oneida, Onita police, uh-huh. they exit hyperspace because they're rushing, rushing. They got to get there fast, right? Right. As they as they exit hyperspace, they exit hyperspace right in the path of the truckers, <laughs> right? Okay. And and the the sons of Lobo they started to head in too because they they said, hey, some of these folks are showing up yeah. that we saw, so they start racing towards them as well, right? Towards the truckers. They got to go fight the truckers off, right? <laughs> so the truckers, they can't break in time. <laughs> and they run into the police force and there's a huge explosion. Uh, this is, you know, orbiting the planet. Say, it, 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 in three-dimensional space. This is this is like the Blues Brothers police car pileup scene. Absolutely. But in space. <laughs> in space with a bunch of randos. <laughs> And and so the, the, the sons of Lobo, they're going too fast and they can't stop. And they say, for the bow. And they just burn <laughs> to death, all of them. <laughs> now, the grannies, the, the legion yep. of decency, they, they arrive um, in a different area. Okay. So they're, they're saved from the carnage of those three groups meeting all at once and dying immediately. Because <laughs> they get to park in the handicap spot. Because they're old exactly ladies. yeah right they came at it a different way they <laughs> no that's that was the wrong way to go for them so they they make it wow. okay and as they're flying into the planet's like uh, you know atmosphere mm-hmm. they start to have a look at what this kind of planet is uh-huh. right uh-huh. and they realize that this is a planet of sin <laughs> right so they're after Miss Trib for her book. But once they arrive at this planet, they're like, holy shit, there's peep shows, there's drinking, uh, there's drugs and sex, and it, and then all of, also all of the killing that's happening, right? Right, yeah, yeah, it's just it's mayhem. So they're like, <laughs> they're like, this place, they have to wait. They have to, <laughs> Miss Trib and the book has to wait. They say, they say, peep shows, my word, I feel faint, disgusting, sick, unnatural. <laughs> Put the Lobo business on the back burner. Time to inflict some morals, ladies. <laughs> and then they scream Banzai as this giant <laughs> ship of guns just starts to just destroy the surface. Oh, my gosh. So these little old ladies are just wreaking havoc, <laughs> destroying everything they fly by. It's just guns and lasers everywhere. It's an awesome page. Uh, that is- Really colorful 
and it's just explosions, and they're just murdering everybody. <laughs> the little old ladies. Uh, that is excellent. Now, is there is there any? It's awesome. Is there any indication that this was any part of a plan by Lobo, or is this just chaos? None. He has no idea that any of this was happening. <laughs> None. And he wouldn't even. He's the type of character that wouldn't even care if he did know. Right. No. Yeah. Okay. But it establishes. Yeah. It's. 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 He's not like a. You know, like this mastermind, or he's like, "Aha, I got nope. you all here." Yeah, it's just like, nope. "Oh, hey, chaos just follows me wherever I go." Yep, God, exactly. Okay. And so, it, it, if they if they actually managed to attack, he would just fight him. He wouldn't care. Right. It'd just be more fun for him. Right. But no, he has no clue. <laughs> okay. And it's just it's just more explosions, right. right? He doesn't know that those people are actually there for him. Right. And as oh, they really? get on the bike, okay, so he's so he's that unaware of it. Like it's just it's just more chaos showing up. It's like, oh look, neat. Exactly. God, oh wow, that's even a, that's even a, another separate level of <laughs> apathy. Like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just more carnage for him to gotcha. watch. Okay. Right. He he gets her out of the closet. She's still legless. Miss <laughs> Miss Trib is still legless. Hasn't grown back yet. No sign of it growing okay. back. But she's fine, right? She's still alive. Yeah. There's no. She's not bleeding to death or anything. Okay. And as they get on the the space hog and take off from the planet, they're you know they're flying away from the planet, and there's just it's just the surface is just red, <laughs> right? So millions and millions of people are dying, All right? Because they couldn't take a joke in his own words, right? right? And as as he's flying away from the planet, they actually pass some Legion spaceships that were trying to get there before it happened. So Docs had sent out Legion representatives, basically like uh, stormtroopers, to try and get there first to stop everybody from doing what just happened, which was (laughs) everybody dying. (laughs) So everybody who was supposed to converge at Legion HQ to kill Lobo are now dead. <laughs> Other than the grannies, the Legion of Decency is wreaking havoc, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. They're they're inflicting those morals like <laughs> right, they said. Yeah. <laughs> so so he's just like, Oh hey, look, Legion Shock Troopers and just keeps on going. Wow. It's no big deal. Just like whatever, okay. Just add to the pot. That's right. <laughs> so Lobo and Miss Trib, they finally arrive. It's been a hell of a week. I'm gonna guess it's like five days, right? And uh he gets there, and Docs is a mess at this point. Nothing has worked <laughs> no. out. It all went to shit. No, right. And they're like, sir, Lobo's here. He's finally back. He's like, all right. Casualties in the millions. <laughs> Half a planet destroyed. And there's nothing I can pin on him other than a threat. Right, yeah. Because Lobo, he really didn't no, do anything. No, no. He just got on. Yeah, it was like a convergence of chaos. Yeah. yeah. He, he did his his fair share of murdering but it was on a local right around him scale right. you know what i'm saying right. but even if he wouldn't have got on tv like even if he wouldn't have done that if he would have just sat quietly when when the the moral brigade landed they would have they would have started wrecking shop so yeah he kind Absolutely. of like is is absolved yeah. can't can't pin it on him <laughs> yeah. yeah it's totally not his fault he was just doing as he was told albeit taking too long right right, right. yeah he, he did going off course you know right yeah but it wasn't you know genetically modified scorpions you know <laughs> right no this wasn't his doing on right. purpose yeah so he says you know okay lobo would just call this shit a joke no big deal. He says, at least I can rest assured that Trib is alive. If nothing else, Lobo's word is his bond. Right. 
And, and he's still freaking out. Like, Docs, he's, like, hyperventilating. He's like, okay, calm down, calm down. Okay. So he opens up the door. And Lobo says, yo, boss, man, what's the good word? <laughs> and this is one of the few times I think I'm going to tell the end okay. of the book. All right, everybody. Gather around. And so he says, dig it. He says, one prisoner, alive, escorted, and delivered as promised. He says, uh, what happened to her legs? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> And he's all, he's all, ah, oh, you know, these old coots always forgetting things. <laughs> and uh, he says, well, Lobo says, well, no praise for a job well yeah. done. Like, she's alive, yeah. if not exactly kicking. Yeah. And then he has his hands on her shoulders. He's like, don't touch me, you miscreant. So there's still no camaraderie, like you had mentioned earlier. Right. No love whatsoever. Yeah. And he's like, all right, all right, this is Docs. You did a good job. I'll take her into custody now. And Lobo has, it's a, a sizable panel of his face. Mm. And he says, thanks. Grabs Miss Trib and twists her head around. <laughs> so he just needed to be like done with the job. Like he just needed the guy to say like, okay. That's right. Thank you. You're done. And like, all right, sweet. Now she's a free agent. And donezo. Done. <laughs> yep. He says, class dismissed, teach. <laughs> he turns his head back. He says, delivered alive into your custody. That was the deal. Didn't say nothing about after you had custody. Have a nice day. Wow. Laughs, walks out. That is a hard technicality. Now, are we sure that she can't recover from that? I mean, she could just be irritated. Well, it's one of those things <laughs> where you, it's like the, the species is immortal. They can grow back from some things. But also, I feel like it's an oversight, again, from the writers. It just doesn't make sense. You build up a character yeah. or a, a whole species of people that can clone themselves. They can regrow limbs. They can choose yeah. to die if they want to. Otherwise, they're immortal. But a broken neck, they can't come back right. from. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Miss Trib, she's done. <laughs> Docs has his hands covering his face. He's completely broken. Because <laughs> that was like and, the last and, part of the plan. Like Everything else had fallen apart, but at least he had... You know, this yep. person, okay, well, at least there's that. No. At least there's that. Nope. Nope. Dead skis. <laughs> that report just got longer. It got it got longer and uh, no way to explain what the hell no. is going no. on. And and Chief Docs, his, his little uh, assistant goes, you know, hey, uh, Chief Docs. And he's like, not now, please. <laughs> not now, please. And he's just begging. Begging to be left alone so he can deal with this. And that's the end of the book. Oh, wow. Oh, that was fun. That was a nice little, like, just a little road trip story. Like, it was completely encapsulated. Like, you had all the characters introduced in the first issue. And right. four issues later, you had them all concluded. Like, you had, oh, I mean, except for, like, Lobo and, and the, the head guy. Um, yeah. Uh, Dog. I wanted to say Drax, too, now. Um, yeah, <laughs> but because those are continuing characters. But yeah, everybody else. That right. was that was good. That was fun. So yeah, you said you said you probably wouldn't go back to it. Um, could could no. you recommend this to anybody? I it's it's easily recommendable. Okay, for sure. Okay, in, in this same trade paperback that I have, um, there's a couple of Lobo specials. Uh, I'm you know I'm not going to cover those today because sure. it's they're just one offs. Like in this one, it's called the Paramilitary Christmas Special. <laughs> And he literally kills okay. Santa Claus. I saw that one too, because uh, there was when I was looking for thumbnails uh, for the YouTube version. It was like it was like all these different pictures of Lobo. And one of them was he's like you know essentially just curb stomped Santa. I was like, well, this would be interesting. Oh yeah, but, 
you know, the placement's all wrong. I need a horizontal shot. This is vertical. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and and you know what? This the this book is way more gory. There's a lot more gore. Like he's oh. he's slaughtering elves, and he's got a dog with him okay. who's eating elves and <laughs> farting them out and burping and. The dog is singing a song, like it's really weird. Right. So, so if you if you like that kind of stuff, if that's if that's your your comic jam, then Lobo might be a good fit for you. If it's not already one of your favorites, <laughs> I I know that Lobo is very well loved by many many people, yeah. and I, I I get it, I guess. But for me, yeah. I like my dark characters to at least have a, a real like tragic motivation or something, right. like that. something yeah. that kind of justifies the behavior right lobo was just born this way and that's not fun to me like that's just like an excuse to just have a bad character yeah. i guess yeah and and sometimes you're in the mood for just like you know like some kind of witty violence and kind of stuff and that's i think a you know big a part of deadpool's appeal you know sure. it's like as you get that you know I, I, yeah and, and lobo seems like that kind of character just not written as well as as deadpool is like deadpool is a kind of a yeah has evolved into a pretty special property but for sure but yeah that, this and he's gone through a lot of changes too yeah. he wasn't always, no he was serious he wasn't always a sympathetic character no, that's yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah 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 so um but yeah if you're into that kind of um fourth wall breaking you know humor kind of stuff the stuff i've seen of lobo that's that's what that feels like to me yeah sure all right well that was fun i liked that that was that was a fun story and i, and I it's fun to hear the end of one that was <laughs> good to do the whole thing so that's cool but it's you know it's a 30 year old story so uh it's not really you know it's spoilers. very old most people probably have read it right yeah. yeah so so it's fine all right well cool uh with that we're gonna move on to the hold list where we talk about the other things we're enjoying comic related and otherwise and this week they're actually both comic related uh yeah i'm gonna go first give jeremy a little little break there i'm gonna talk about a book i just picked up that was recommended by my shop outer planes it's called headlopper <laughs> and the first thing you'll notice well besides the name it's a very evocative name right the the cover is this bright red cover with this great um kind of goblin thing on the front it immediately attracts your attention it's awesome yeah it is it has been fun so far i think we're going to cover it more on a future episode but uh so far it's been fun so this is uh created by writer and artist andrew mclean and is currently published by Image. They were doing an independent thing for a while, doing the Kickstarter thing for a while. So there's there's some editions of this book that are you know totally indie, but Image picked up publishing from the whole catalog. So and they've done a really great job. The quality is is really fantastic. Yeah. The the story follows the exploits of a Viking warrior named Norgal, who is also known as the titular headlopper. For obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. And one of his companions, his main companion, is the severed head of Agatha the Blue Witch, which is kind of a comical (laughs) character who's like his sidekick that he carries around by her hair. (laughs) This actually started as an art project. This started as um, a nostalgia contest for an art group. And Andrew McLean created this Viking character and the Agatha character and started from there. And, and you know, so it started, you know, from the images. And then he, he built it out into a, a larger narrative, you know, kind of once, right. it, once it got some legs. So uh, I picked up the first book. Uh, it collects Headlopper 1 through 4. 
And uh, for only four issues, this is thick with two C's. It is huge. Like, it, it. this is a tome for four issues. But so much of it is art. Like, there's whole pages where it's just movement and just really nice flow to the artwork. Yeah, the the artwork is a very uh, Adventure Time mixed with Mike Mignola. Yeah, right? so that's actually uh, the so my my at my shop um, they uh, I say my shop like I own it, but the shop that I go to, <laughs> <laughs> Might the as shop well. that I Whatever. frequent, they have these little cards set up, and it's it's almost like a little descriptor of what you know, like their top books are. They they do it for like a handful of them. And the card for this said, if Mike Mignola and Pendleton Ward had a baby. And it's so accurate. Yes. Yeah. You'll look at some of these images and you're like, that's that's straight out of Hellboy. And then you'll look at another page and it's like, that looks like an episode of Adventure Time. It's a really cool mix that is like seamless. It is, it is really interesting. It is. It's really cool. But yeah, you had to look at the, the art. You, you liked it? I did. It's really good. There's a couple of covers that are just i want that on my wall for I sure i thought that too like this would be a great yeah you know rafael grandpa did a cover yeah. as well and that one is just amazing yeah. but like the one that you had described the um the head lopper and, and the island or plague of yes. beasts cover yeah the first book cover oh man Isn't that great that is so awesome it's, it's so good. it's an amazing use of negative space um, yes uh, using and uh, so you and I have both worked in, in graphic design. Working with red yeah. is hard. Like you'd think it'd be easy it, um, yeah. because you know it's big, bright, bold color, and everybody wants it. Oh God! If you're ever doing design work for or ad work, make everything red. Yeah. Listen, this ain't this ain't and, a Virtual Boy. Back up. Like yeah, and yellow text for some reason. <laughs> like they think yellow text <laughs> is super you, visible. Yeah. It's fucking not. Are you making a hot dog? Anyway. Get out of here. God. Um, but this man. This is a lesson on how to use primal colors yeah. in negative space. It's fantastic. So yeah, it's it's got big monsters. It's got big color. It's got really great action. The fight scenes are beautifully choreographed. I mean, it looked like something out of of a like a, like a really classic old kung fu movie or or something. Nice, very nice. And they have like a, a Tartakovsky style to the sword fights. That's that's the guy who did a Samurai Jack. And Clone Wars and, oh, okay. and stuff like that. That like um, it has sword fights like that, where it's, it's standoffs. It's very um, dramatic, and then quick movements. It's you know from one side to the other, um, to right. kind of then let your your brain fill in the rest. Um, so yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll we'll likely cover this in depth in a future episode. It's going to be a lot of descriptions. It's going to be a lot of like, all right, over the course of forty pages, he went from here to there, um, and he fought something. And it was really pretty. So I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> that'll actually that'll be fun, you know. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a cool way to do an episode because we're we won't have to we won't be able to rely oh. on a lot of dialogue. So it'll be. I have fun. a feeling it's gonna be like retelling a fairy tale, you know, where it's like, all right, I have to t- I have to t- you know, I'm gonna fill in as best I can. Yeah, but yeah, if if you're like me and you like your colors big and bright and your action full tilt, then absolutely pick this one up. Check it out. It's a gorgeous book and it's a really nice uh addition to your collection like i've had it out here on uh the desk because i've been you know working on it and it's like every time i look over it, it's like man that's pretty (laughs) (laughs) and and it it, i haven't read it yet i haven't even thumbed through a book yet so i don't i haven't seen the interior pages that you're talking about and i already want some of these like posters Yeah. yeah 
you know, I want them up in my office for sure. Like it's the art is just, it's yeah. And, uh, and you know, if you, uh, if you have some younger readers in your life, it it is a little violent. You might want to look through it first, but the art is going to be immediately appealing to anybody who is a fan of, of, you know, animated stuff of the last 10 years. Um, it has that, that, that style. So, uh, so yeah, check that out. If you get a chance, go to your shop, check that out. And then, um, Jeremy, you have you have one this week that's very hard to spell. Um, yes, it is. But uh, but the, the English uh, equivalent is Berserker. <laughs> I'll watch what he's going to sing and watch. It's too funny. My love for you is like a truck Berserker. Would you like some making fuck Berserker? <laughs> that's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck? berserker yeah it's it's like uh it's like a coffee shop in my in my town it's it's uh missing key (laughs) letters but you can still tell what it is there's a coffee shop here called relevant but there's no ease at Uh, all sure yeah you don't need to say this is (laughs) it's how it sounds if you have a mouthful of coffee (laughs) exactly you're right exactly Uh, i'm sure that uh this is a brand new book and i'm sure that because of who's writing it and uh, who is promoting it. It's already very well known out there, Uh, but it's uh, Berserker and it's published by Boom Studios and uh, it's written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kint. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that's how you say his last name. And then it's drawn by Ron Garney and it follows uh, what is essentially an immortal warrior known as Berserker as he, you know, fights his way through the ages. As far as I know, this is supposed to be a 12-issue limited series. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I've only I've only gone through the first issue. Uh, the art is very good. What's his name again? Ron Garney. I've never heard of this guy. I feel like I've seen his work before. Uh, it's very cool. It's a lot of uh, usage of, like, uh, ink, you know, inking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a lot of heavy outlining at all. It's all done with big swaths of black ink. It looks nice. like he... You know, was is all brush, right? Right, right. yeah. Uh, it's very, it's very nice. It's very pleasant to look at, and this this book is gory, <laughs> like it is gory. It's like uh, it's like if John Wick didn't have to worry about dodging bullets. Okay, it, you know, it's, it's just like I can just run into this room, shoot at everybody, or stab them, or punch them, or whatever, and they can just go ahead and shoot me. <laughs> that must make being a hitman a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like he he doesn't have to worry about Jack and I mean he's and he's a unstoppable force and he's obviously very strong. He's punching bottom jaws off, he's crushing heads underfoot, he's punching through stomachs. It's just I'm mean, ripping ribs out. Like it's wow. gory. Wow. He rips a rib out and then stabs a dude in the neck with it. <laughs> rips an arm off, beats somebody else to death with it. Like he's wow. it's his, this is a rough book. Wow. Yeah, so if if you like John Wick but you're looking to to step it up a notch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not much to really go over story-wise. Okay. Um it's I just have the first issue gotcha. and uh it's so far it's fun. Nice. It's gory fun. Nice. So it, so it's written by Keanu Reeves. It, is it written from his experience being immortal? <laughs> Oh man, you know what? Maybe. Yeah, I think this might be like a like a low key confession. This is his low key confession. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we'll find some like cave painting in France, and it's just like, is that Keanu Reeves? <laughs> uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, nice. All right. Well, that sounds that sounds fun. And and twelve issue run makes sense because you know he's not a comic writer. This is probably just a project he wanted to do and has a story he wants to right. wants to play with. And then that's gonna be it. And that's fine. Like that's that's great. So awesome. That sounds that sounds fun. And how do you spell that? Yeah. Exactly. Because I yeah. It is B R Z R K R. All right. Berserker. Yeah. It's something like, like a clever license plate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, or a pretentious coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that will lead us to our IRL Hero of the Week, where we take a moment to spotlight heroes in our own universe. And this week, uh, we're talking about DC Comics. And I think that's the, this might be the second time they've they've been so. on, on here. So um, you may say that, that we're biased. I just think that <laughs> DC's been up to some good shit lately. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to frame For it like sure. that. So <laughs> good on you, DC. Keep it up. So uh, DC has announced DC Pride, an 80-page anthology comic featuring LGBTQIA plus characters from across the DC universe and Crush and Lobo, a new eight-issue miniseries written by Mariko Tamaki. So nice. Lobo's still... Has legs. He's still. I mean, unlike his teacher, um, like he's still, he's still making it. You know, like he's still, <laughs> he's still going. Featured. Yeah. So, in this new eight-issue miniseries, publishing between June 2021 and January 2022, Crush, daughter of the Zarnian bounty hunter Lobo, who we'll do a little background here. As a baby, crash landed in the middle of Burning Man. <laughs> And okay. she was discovered and raised off the grid. She was homeschooled and stuff by a couple of well-meaning hippies named David and Lisa Rojas. So they didn't want her to be picked on or, or made fun of for her strange face markings because she looks just like Lobo. And right. so they kept her away. And is pale and slightly blue and an alien. <laughs> right. Well, they told her that her parents were actually superheroes who had to go off into space for some, you know, for like something heroic and have yet right. to return. So she's under the impression, or she was under the impression that uh, she was actually the child of, of heroes, which explains why as uh, she grew up, she kind of broke out and joined the teen Titans. Ah. Now she's a, a young adult woman. Uh, and this miniseries is about her kind of finding out a little bit more about her past rage quitting the Teen Titans, breaking up with her girlfriend, Katie, and confronting her dad in space jail. It's a tale as old as time. As as they all go. <laughs> so Crush and Lobo will launch on June 1st, and DC Pride will publish on June 8th. DC will also publish a series of nine Pride-themed variant covers, and the Pride number one cover is done by the big boss man himself, Jim Lee. Ooh, it's a beautiful cover. Nice. But there's some really nice ones in there, actually. Uh, there's uh, a really nice Superman cover. There's a couple really pretty Harley Poison Ivy covers, and they're featured in a number of the stories. And there are two really nice uh, Wonder Woman covers. So check those out. DC Pride number one will feature LGBTQIA plus characters from all corners of DC's ever-expanding universe, including cameos by fan favorites such as Batwoman, Alan Scott, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, and Jeremy and I's favorite comic book super couple, Apollo and Midnighter. Hell yeah. That's who we stand for. That's 
Apollo and the Midnighter were was uh, they were the first openly gay couple in comic history. Really? Yeah. I I, I remember that. Like it was it was it was pretty early on, but yeah, it was very cool. And it was it was cool that it, it wasn't really a a big deal. It was just there was no. It wasn't. Yeah. It was just that. That's yeah, how they in are. this universe. Superman and Batman love each other very much, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> And they are still two folks you don't want no, to mess with. Never, ever, ever. No. Uh, and, but they're part of the DC family. Uh, so they're included in this DC Pride run. So Very cool. Check out all of the titles uh, in the Pride run coming in June. And DC, for supporting all of the many beautiful voices here in the multiverse, you're our hero of the week. Again. So good job, DC. Again. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> All right, that will do it for this week. Next week, we drop into 4-3 Perspective and talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, we're going to watch it together, and we're going to talk about it. Yep. Like, what yep. a novel idea, right? Like, how has no one else thought about doing that? Because we're going to be the first ones. We are ones. geniuses. We're going to be the only ones talking about it, I swear. Geniuses. <laughs> I can't believe this niche has not been I know, filled. I know. We're, we're, geni- we're just brilliant, I tell you. Uh, Absolutely. So check that out next week. Uh, it'll be a little off model, but it'll hopefully be pretty fun. So we're gonna be talking about a movie based on comics. So we're gonna we're, yeah. gonna, we're gonna try that. It's out. new. It's relevant. It's it's not thirty years old. <laughs> it's not from nineteen ninety. Uh, so email us at mindingthemultiverse at gmail.com find us at this multiverse on twitter or leave us a comment on youtube to recommend story arcs tell us what we're wrong about or if you were hoping this episode was going to be about the easy listening troubadour lobo let us know and if that's you well we're going out this week on the lobo classic holding on for dear love For Minding the Multiverse, I am Gabriel. And I am Jeremy. And remember, all of this is now canon. (laughs) All right.